Hey, hey, teacher friend, and welcome back to another episode of Teacher Let Your Light Shine. Happy New Year. I hope that you've had a wonderful start to your new year and really sticking with your goals and sticking with your plans and what your heart truly desires as a teacher. I am excited to share with you today eight common mistakes when it comes to starting your private tutoring business, your homeschooling business, your micro school, whatever it may be that your teacher heart desires, starting to really think about, can I start a private tutoring business? Can I start a micro school? Can I even leave what I'm doing right now? Can I really become an entrepreneur, an edupreneur, a teacherpreneur? Oh my, oh my. The choices are endless. And I hope that whenever you come to Teacher Let Your Light Shine, that you feel empowered, not guilty, not ashamed, that you feel empowered, not scared to make the decision that is going to truly light your teacher heart on fire. And today I'm going to share with you eight common mistakes that occur if you are not intentionally thinking about these topics before you start your business. Even if you have not made the decision, you need to be very well aware that if any of these thoughts start creeping up, that you immediately put them to the side. You have to get yourself in a business mindset. And if you've never had a business before, there is some work to do. So let me just start off today by sharing these eight mistakes so that you are aware in case your mind starts going there. Uh, 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 it's time to back it up. Welcome, teacher, to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. All right, teacher friend, you know that I am all about, if you have been listening to this podcast, you know that I'm all about getting our mindset ready, getting ourselves in position to really step out and do the work that it takes to make the change, do the heart work, do the mental work, to step out in faith and do what it truly is that you are called to do. And in this podcast, you know that I predominantly speak about starting a tutoring business, a homeschooling business, a micro school, all of which encompass what you could also assume to be a learning pod what has been also termed as a pandemic pod, or even private tutoring. Really, that's what my micro school falls underneath is private tutoring. So no matter which career path or business model that you choose, all of this applies. They all go hand in hand. And it's really fun to start out with all of the possibilities and the dreams and what you can make and what you can generate and what you can create. 
But we also have to be very real about some mistakes along the way. And just preparing our mindset for these creepy McCreepersome dark things that can come your way and you're like, wait, do I need that? Do I need that? This is going to help save you time, money, and energy. We all want more time, more energy, and love to have a little bit more money, right? So let's get into it. Number one, thinking that in order to start, you need a website. Just to get yourself up and going, do you need a website? You do not need a website. I don't have a website. I will have a website for year three of my micro school. And of course, I have a website for my Teacher Let Your Light Shine for this podcast and coaching teachers and helping equip teachers, but I do not have a website for my micro school. You do not need a website. Websites can be very expensive, but they can also be very inexpensive as well. If you are interested in starting a website, I have a girl who is absolutely amazing and very cost effective, but unless you have traffic being driven to that website, it's just going to sit there. And there's more information about that when it comes to marketing and messaging, but just know you do not have to feel overwhelmed thinking that you need to have a website. It is not necessary to lend credibility to your business. While some believe that it does, it's very expensive and the time drain, you just do not need it starting out. You are most likely going to get referrals from other students, families, and educators who know you and your work. Just get some simple business cards if you even wanna go that route and focus your energy on cultivating those word of mouth referrals instead. Number two, undercharging and undervaluing your experience. This is what I coach teachers through in our Clarity workshop and my coaching sessions with them because teachers have a very hard time. They have this guilt inside of them for what they should charge because we are naturally givers. And we oftentimes do not understand our value because it's just the gift that's in us And we do not realize just how special we are as teachers and how much parents truly do value what we have. So here's the truth. Teacher tutors, micro school builders, homeschooling business, learning pod, whatever it is that you want to do, you are keeping yourself from making more money by not charging what you are worth. And this helps take out that fear factor of not being able to provide financially for your family. Yes, tutoring rates vary by location. Yes, micro school charges, they change and reflect the need in your area, but you will get the job done in less time than the college kid down the street. So you need to at least charge way more than what you probably are thinking that you need to. And when I say way more, I'm talking way more whenever you add it up, 5, 10, 15, 20 more dollars an hour, that is way more when you add it up over the cost of time. So definitely, not $20 an hour, friends. No, no, no. You are worth way more than that. And depending on the state that you are in, you could be making $75, $100 an hour. Prove me if you think that I'm wrong. I'm not trying to make everything look like it's bells and whistles and then you get out into the real world and you can't make money. That's not at all what I'm trying to set teachers up for. Please do the research yourself and actually see what you can charge based on what you can offer, the age group that you serve, what you teach, how many hours you're going to be teaching, how you're going to set it up. There's so many amazing possibilities. Number three, being afraid to promote yourself. 
Your best referrals come from other families and fellow educators, but it's not going to happen if they do not know that you are opening up your own tutoring business, that you are starting tutoring, that you are starting a micro school, that you're starting to homeschool other children. No one's going to know if you are not letting people know. So you have to make commitments to yourself, to email, to text, to join groups on Facebook, even creating a Facebook page for your tutoring business or your micro school, starting a group where you actually start promoting your business. And the reason why this is advantageous is because there are some teachers who are beginning the tutoring business process or beginning their micro school business, and they have not completely given the full notice, the full intent that they are not going to return the next school year. So depending on where you are in the process and how serious you are and how big you want this to be, you can begin advertising just by putting yourself out through word of mouth, through phone calls, text messages, emails, and starting some type of social media platform because it is free. It's free advertisement. Number four, a common mistake is to invest in resources that you really do not need and taking in resources that you do not need. And then you become overwhelmed and you have a clutter of a mess and just so many things to sort through and probably not even use them. Let's be honest. You definitely need some paper and some pencils, some highlighters, some markers, absolutely. But you should not be investing in an expensive curriculum or school supplies just yet. You want to keep your overhead very low when starting out so you can keep the money in your pocket. Number five is being afraid that you're going to have late payments and not having a process or a system in place for if you ever do receive late payments. You don't have to be aggressive about it. A lot of times you just shoot off a quick email or a quick text message saying how much the parent owes, assume that it was a mistake. I've never had an incident where a parent did not pay me. Praise God. However, I understand that this, just like any other service that you provide, my husband is a painter. So he definitely understands this as well as he goes and paints his customers' homes. He asks for a down payment. And then upon completion of the service, they give him the remainder of the payment. Same for us. There's different payment plans that you can set up for your families. I have an episode about that, tuition payments contracts, that's in an earlier episode where I explain more about those subjects. However, you do not have to feel afraid. What if I don't get a payment in on time? There are certain systems that you set up, whether it's QuickBooks, whether it's sending invoices, and just assuming that this could be an accident on the parent's behalf. I, I have heard though, that some people have assigned a friend or a family member as a bookkeeper, like an incognito bookkeeper, and they actually have the spouse, the friend, or the family member send the email request as the bookkeeper. Isn't that genius? That is so genius. So if that thought gives you hives, like, oh my gosh, I don't want to deal with collecting payments, and what if they're late and I don't want to address them, have someone in your family. Have your sister-in-law. Have someone claim that they are your bookkeeper and send them the message for you. Hello, chances are parents just forget and they're going to send you the money right away. Number six mistake would be to feel as if you have to take on every student. Thinking in this fear mindset, this lack mindset, oh no, I want to help every student and 
I have this really big heart, but I'm also afraid that I'm not going to make enough money for my family. So I'm going to take the seventh grader, even though I know that I'm only trained to do elementary or better yet, I teach high school physics. And I know that there is a need for all of these middle school students, but I really don't like teaching middle school. Come on, teacher friend. This is about creating an impact, creating an income, not losing your sanity. All right. But you should be just as careful about the students and the parents as you take on who you are choosing to serve. I recommend having an application process. You know by now that not all parents are easy to work with. Some have very unrealistic expectations or they lack boundaries or they can just be downright difficult. Do a preliminary phone call. Follow up in person with a meeting. Have a system in place where you can screen families and screen children so that you can make sure that they are a good fit. Number seven, mistake. Overpromising or not being completely honest about what parents can expect from you. Listen, tutoring or homeschooling another child, starting a micro school for children that maybe have never even gone to school before, or maybe children who've been in public school and they're coming to your school or private school, whatever it could be, you can get a wide range of students. You are not providing a quick fix. You are working with students on all different levels. And we all know that some of the deficits may have been years in the making. Students who come to you for services need to be held at an expectation to do their work and the parents do their work as well, and that you are also honest about what results these parents can look forward to, that you are not a cure for their child's challenge. You have to be upfront and honest with parents about the learning process and be careful not to promise instant results. On the flip side, if you have a student who's very bright, gifted, you have to be honest that you will be able to meet that child where they are and continue stimulating that child's mind and offering the services that you know that are best for him or her. Same way if the student is musically inclined. If you're not going to offer anything at your school, that helps that child become engaged in their learning through music, you either have to find ways in order to do that, or you're going to be upfront with the parents that you're not a music teacher, okay? Or, you know, it's a, if it's a kinesthetic learner and you know that you've got a very small space and the kids are not going to be able to go out and play that much, you're maybe only tutoring or you are having your micro school for a limited amount of hours. You have to be honest with the parents because you do not want to get into an agreement. And then later on down the road, you or the parent are dissatisfied with the agreement that you have set up. And number eight, this is so important. Get it right now. Get it right now. That is do not fail to set boundaries. Get a mentor. Get someone who will help you say no to the no things and say yes to the yes things. This is awesome. You're going to get clients. You're going to get families. You're going to get students. You're going to become a trusted ally to students and their parents. But that doesn't mean you are now available for long phone calls, drawn out conversations, post-school, post-tutoring chats. If parents want to talk to you about their child, you can take a few minutes out of your day, out of the session early, but you're not available on the weekends or after hours or late night phone calls or emails, which, hey, by the way, 
I don't experience any of that. It's really awesome. I'm going to be honest. I do not experience that. So praise God. You can find things along the way to set really healthy, awesome boundaries and you get better at it over time. What is going to be your policy about if someone is late or it's a late pickup? You want to make sure that you set healthy boundaries up front and that's where a contract comes in very, very handy. Contracts come in very handy. And again, that is in a previous episode for tuition, contracts, and payments. All right, friends, I hope that helped you out, got you thinking about becoming stronger and more business savvy to avoid making mistakes that cost you the time, the energy, the resources, and the money that you so desperately want to keep to yourself as you're starting out as a business. Have an awesome weekend, and I will see you back here next week on another episode of Teacher Let Your Life Shine. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the Virtual Teachers Lounge, known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.